Good to see you and to discuss an issue that is uh, certainly sensitive and uh, can, be, can be difficult. But we thank God that he doesn't leave us to grope around looking for answers, wondering if this is right. Maybe that's right. But we have the truth. And the battle then is to first understand it and then by his grace and moving of his spirit to apply it. So what we want to look at this morning and on the, on the Be Thou My Vision, it was the Be Thou My Wisdom. And so we're going to spend our time in the book of Proverbs where I, I was uh, struggling with trying to make it a sermon, but really it's more of a lecture. Uh, so if it's uh, in the day of hybrid, uh, I, I feel right at home. So you're going to get a hybrid today. But uh, wisdom, God's protection from and safeguard against pornography. Now, fighting porn <laughs> takes a full-fledged attack across the whole of every aspect of one's life. It's not as though pornography is an isolated uh, incident. But we, we tend to look at our lives like mailboxes. You know, I have 82 pigeonholes. And, well, I've, I've got this problem over here, but... Well, I'm glad it's in that pigeonhole and, you know, I'll just sort of deal with it there. No, we're like buckets of water. And if you drop a drop of blue dye in a bucket of water, what happens? It's not complicated. All the water becomes tainted. And if we're going to fight pornography, we got to attack it the whole across the breadth of our life. Because you can't overcome a struggle just by focusing on one area of your life. The putting off and putting on, uh, if, if any of you are in the counseling program, you are aware of that concept. And probably if you're not, you're aware of it. And you may get tired of people saying, oh, put off, put on, put off, put on. But we forget the context. We, we, we tend to atomize it. In Ephesians 4, the, the context is in reference to your former manner of life, the breadth of your life, your former habits. And we're to lay aside the old self and put on the new self, being renewed in the spirit of our mind. That implies the whole of our lives that we're dealing with. We, we miss this in, in our atomized society where we, we have a tendency to focus on individual sin, seemingly isolated from the whole of who we are. I mean, how, how many times do you hear someone, they, 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 they just blow up and they've just spliced and diced uh, three different people standing there in front of them. And they say, well, listen, I, I, I'm sorry I, I got out of control. I'm not really that kind of guy. Or that, 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 that's really not me. Well, my question, well, then who was it? We got to be honest. That is us. When we blow up, that's not just, well, that was just my, the hand. The rest of me is all healthy and good. No, that's us. We, we, that's not my heart throb. <laughs> we sin. 
not just parts of us. Proverbs teaches us to look at our lives as an interwoven tapestry and each thread supporting and being supported by the others. So first we want to look at wisdom's walk. Proverbs describes life and 114 plus times in that book describes life as the way, the path, a walk, and then once it says every good course. The way, the path, the walk. Proverbs 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. See, there are ways of life. There are walks of life. There are paths of life that, that we choose. Proverbs 2, 7 and 8. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Now, Proverbs divides all of mankind into one of two categories. The wise and the foolish. And they walk in one of two paths. They walk in the path of the wise or they walk in the path of the foolish. Now, I'll grant you, none of us do either one perfectly. But what I want you to see is there are basically two paths in life. And we make decisions every day as to how we're doing on which path we want to walk. In salvation, we make a decision as to which way we're going. And then we make decisions that reinforce or don't reinforce that. But in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Two ways. The wise man's guided by the truth of God. And the foolish man follows the emotional desires and wants of his own heart. Now, we don't have time today to address the how-to's of being freed from enslavement to sin. That's a whole lot more material. But much of what I'll, I'll say today will be helpful, no matter where you are in that battle, whether you're in the battle up to your neck or whether you're doing uh, fairly well in that whole area. But if you're enslaved to porn, that's going to take intentional and aggressive effort. I want to emphasize that again. If this is something where Satan's just got his claws into you and, and you're just battling it, get help and don't wait and be intentional. Find someone. There's, there's uh, programs here at the church. There's people here at the church that can be of great help to you. And um, not, there's people and programs other places. But you want to make sure the program is biblical. You want to make sure you're getting the truth. Now, what I want to do today is to set forth guidelines to show what is entailed in gaining freedom and then how to protect yourself from becoming ensnared by porn. And in the language of Proverbs, that means learning to hear and obey wisdom. Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom. And when that song says, be thou my wisdom, that's exactly what we want.
So life is a journey it's along a path described as a way, a walk. And we see this in the New Testament as well. Paul uses that language. Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to what? Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Two, we note wisdom's source. Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It's important that we realize that, especially in today's culture. We don't go to, to the world and to the secular universities waiting for the next fad nugget of so-called truth to roll down the steps so we can find out how to get our lives squared away. We go to the scripture and we dig and we pray and we seek counsel and we find God's truth. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That fear of the Lord. We don't really uh, gain wisdom until we realize or until we humble our hearts before the living God. And once we humble our hearts before the living God, then we're at the point of beginning to learn wisdom. We're beginning to submit ourselves to what he asks and to what he calls us to do. Now, pornography <clears throat> at root is a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. All right, that's important. It's, not, it's at root, not a physical battle. It does involve the physical body, but at root, it's a spiritual battle. Paul Tripp's famous saying, we do what we do, why? Because we want what we want. Now that sounds, well, that's oversimplification. No, it's not. Think about it. Why you do what you do? Because you want what you want. It's not that complicated. Now, when I say it's not that complicated, I'm not saying it's not tough to deal with. But understanding, I mean, it's kind of like if, if you're given the assignment, okay, we got a 600-pound grizzly, and we'd like you to wrestle him. Well, that's not complicated, is it? You know what a grizzly is? You know what you got, you're going to have to do. That's not complicated. Now, the battle itself, that might be a little tougher. Uh, and that's what I mean when I, when I say that. But Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow or spring the issues of life. And that's why I say it, it's a heart issue. You've got to deal with the wants and desires and the passion of your heart. Because as long as you want what you shouldn't want, you're going to do what you shouldn't do. <clears throat> our behavior is a servant. It's a slave of the desires of our heart. So we need to turn to the Lord to win the battle. And we need to see seek a heart change where necessary and seek his wisdom to accomplish it, to accomplish the winning of the battle. Now, praise God, wisdom is available. You know, today we often tend to sort of walk in circles when we're, we're in the middle of a struggle. Oh, Lord, I, I, just, I just don't know what to do. I... I, I I just don't understand this. Uh, I, I, I don't know where to turn. As though God sent his wisdom and then he hid it in a corner somewhere. 
and we got to get a detector to go find it. Well, I don't think it's really the case many times that we don't know where to go. There are times we don't want to go to the Lord for the very reason we know what he's going to say. He's going to say, this is simplified, I realize, stop it, and we don't want to stop it. Or we just don't want to humble our hearts and turn to him. Or maybe in a case of pornography, you know, maybe we just enjoy it. We enjoy that thrill, that rush. And we're not being honest with ourselves. Or we're not being honest with God. And we don't want to go to God. We don't want to give it up. Sometimes we think, well, if I give that up, I'll never have any enjoyment in life again. Boy, there's a lie straight out of the pit. Sometimes we're just lazy. I don't want to put the work in. That takes to change. I don't want to have to dig after the truth. I don't want to have to discipline myself for the purpose of godliness. I don't want to have to go and talk to this person. or I don't want to have to meet with these guys for accountability or whatever. We can just get lazy. Now, there may be any number of other reasons. But what I want, listen to the availability of wisdom. And I hope this strikes you. Uh, and I wish I could say I came across this myself. I didn't. My dear wife said, I was reading Proverbs. And I was just amazed. <laughs> and then she uh, put me on to it. So uh, many of my ideas do come from uh, at least one other person. But in, in 120, wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. Wisdom isn't out there. Psst, hey, come here. I got something I want to tell you. But don't worry about it. She's out there screaming at us. Proverbs 8, 1 to 4. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on the top of the heights beside the way where the paths meet? She takes her stand beside the gates at the opening of the city to the city at the entrance of the door. She cries out to you, O man, I call and my voice is to the sons of men. Nine three. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Wisdom is shouting at us. It's not hard to find, especially in this country where there's Bibles. I'll bet you almost everyone in here has more than one Bible. And as, as you get, go, grow longer, especially those of you in the pastorate, you'll start a line of Bibles. Well, wore that one out. Well, Wore that one out, nothing, like, nothing left underlined. Can't read half of it because my underline, you know, my notes. We have it available to us. Wisdom cries out. And he, wisdom does so in a number of different ways. Proverbs 1.8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now listen, I'm, I understand. Some of you grew up in awful rough situations. And maybe you never knew your dad. Maybe your mom died at a young age. I understand that. But the point here is that it can be fathers or mothers. It can be, uh, to that you can add teachers, pastors, friends, your own conscience. Uh, 
sometimes to strangers. The point is that God is not hiding the instruction we need to gain victory over our sin and to avoid it. Now, the actual wrestling match with the grizzly is tough. But we know what we're battling and we know what we're called to. Proverbs 2, uh, 1 to 6. And here's where, here's, here takes some work, some effort. Listen to what we read there. I'm not reading all the verses, but portions. Receive my word and treasure my commandments within you. Verse 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. Verse 3. Cry for discernment. Lift your voice for understanding. 4. Seek her as silver and search for her <clears throat> as for hidden treasure. We need to learn to love the Word of God. Now, sometimes you say, well, I just don't feel like reading. Well, you know, don't follow those emotions. Dig in the Word. Now, you're not, some people, I'll confess this to the pastor. Some people, they just, in my, my, my estimation, have a far greater love for God's Word than I do. They just love to be, and they're always reading, and, and it was always a little task for me. I don't know why, but sometimes it's harder. And, and, but we have to do the work. We have to get in there. We have to study it. And uh, so do that and make the effort. If we do that, he promises us in verse 5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So he promises us if we put in the effort, he will bless it. And we will grow in wisdom and understanding. Wisdom isn't something that sort of, uh, we pray, Lord, give me wisdom. And this cloud descends on us. Sort of like the internet cloud with all this information in it. And all of a sudden we're wise beyond our years. No, the spirit works with the word of God to teach us, to instruct us, to uh, help us gain wisdom. It takes work. When you look at a person that's wise, number one, they've done some living. And number two, they've done a lot of praying. And three, they've been in the Word. They're men and women of the Word. So wisdom's available. And as we grow in wisdom, and learn to, we learn to walk in its paths. God promises that wisdom will protect us now, here, here's part of this, this idea of we walk in a way, a path, a course in life. And that path itself guides us and keeps us out of a lot of trouble we never realize. 133, but he who listens to me shall live securely and be at ease from the dread of evil. 2, 7 and 8, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the path of, of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. 2.11 to 13. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the evil way, from the man who speaks perverse things. 
from those who leave the paths of uprightness and walk in the ways of darkness. The scripture applied to our lives sets us on a path and that path keeps us out of a lot of trouble. It's just like, uh, this is a weak illustration, but uh, if you ever hike the M, there's two ways up. You can go the long way. That's a pretty safe way. Or you can go like a mountain goat straight up over that other path. Well, I'm not saying the other path is evil, but uh, it points out that, you know, there are just some paths where there's more danger than other paths. If we stay on the right path, God protects us. And there's things that we miss that we don't even realize. Life is made up of many small decisions that we make every day. And as we make those in accordance with the word of God, we stay on the path of the righteous. And we avoid the pitfalls, or many pitfalls. Now, if we're hanging out with a bad group, drinking more than we should, carelessly surfing the internet, we shouldn't be surprised if we wind up staring at pornography, or worse. Or if someone hands us a pornographic uh, magazine, or probably today, says, hey, psst, look at this. Cool, huh? No, not cool. But, you know, sometimes if you stay off the target range, you don't get shot nearly as often. <laughs> but wise choices keeps us on the path and delivers us from the ways of evil. Proverbs 2.20. So you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. Four, five, and six. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forsake her. And she will guard you. Love her. And she will watch over you. How many times? You know, maybe uh, you were asked, hey, uh, there's a party tonight. You going to it? You know, some of you, when, when you're home on vacation, maybe you get saved later in life. Maybe you get saved here. And you go home, and you know you're going back to an unbelieving family. You're going back to unbelieving friends. When, when I went back to college, I was saved just before my senior year. And I went back to college and got, uh, to watch a ball game. And he goes, hey, we got a party, man. Come on over. All the guys are going to be there. Come on over. Well, you know what? You go to some of those, and if you're not careful, if you're not guarded, if you just settle into the old lifestyle, you can wind up in trouble. Maybe you didn't intend to. Those are famous words, last words. I didn't intend to. Stay off the, stay off the target range. Wisdom's practical counsel. One, humble your heart before God. Proverbs 3, 6, and 7, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just some of your ways. In all your ways, every aspect of your life, acknowledge him as Lord. Don't compartmentalize. Well, uh, we call this, uh, you know, we talk about, well, I, still, I need to let God into that part of my life. 
That's right, we do. We do. We don't want to compartmentalize. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And what's the promise? And he will what? Come on. Make your path straight. That's God's promise. He'll guide you. He wants to guide you. It warns us, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So what does that mean? Don't think that you can beat it. Ah, oh, I know I shouldn't go to that party. Old uh, Bill or Sally, whoever, said uh, they're going to pop into this internet site and uh, got some neat things to watch. Right. No. Don't think, well, I can... I, I, I just won't watch the bad parts or I'll just sit there and close my eyes. Listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It's kind of like, think of it as when, when as each link in a chain is hardened, the, the stronger the whole chain becomes. So as we, as we turn each aspect in every way over to the Lord, we become stronger overall. Two, be proactive. You got to be proactive. Proverbs 5 8, keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. It's talking about the adulteress. Stay away from it. Don't go near it. If you don't want to be burnt, don't stand two inches from the fire. Avoid it. Don't put yourself in a position where the old emotions can start to stir because too many times you're going to lose that emotional battle. And then you're back to, well, I didn't intend to. So stay away. Avoid situations, places, times where you know temptation is likely to be present. Block websites that offer porn. Avoid sensual discussions or people who provocatively dress. That will tempt you. Guys, choose where you sit. Famous nowadays are circles, right? We'll all sit in a circle. Don't mean to be vulgar here, but gals, sometimes the way you dress uh, can be provocative. And that poor guy sitting across the aisle from you, man, he's spending a lot of time staring at the floor. Be conscious of where you sit. Get practical about this. And I apologize, gals. I, I'm just not that familiar with what tempts you and what us guys do that tempt you. And uh, I'm serious. Feel free to say, hey, you know, Pastor Rao, here's something you guys do that... Uh, could help us. It uh, cuts both ways. If the internet's a temptation, get Covenant Eyes or some other program that'll hold you accountable. Don't just surf the internet without a purpose and somewhere to go. That's kind of like doing your shopping and you have no idea what your menu's going to be that week. And you're just walking through, right? Oh man, that looks good. That's why I don't, I let my wife do the shopping. Oh, chocolate chips. Yeah, we only have three bags of those at home. Ah, we could use about four or five more. And uh, chocolate syrup, we ought to have about three more containers of that and about five more quarts of Briar's uh, vanilla to put it on. And, uh, of course, you ought to have some. I mean, I go home, I, we'd be broke. 
<laughs> Same concept applies to the internet. Don't get on it if you don't know where you're going. It's just like you gals should never go out with a guy if he doesn't know where you're going. Tell him, hey, where are we going? Oh, I don't know. Well, come back when you figure it out, and then we'll, we'll take off. Uh, all right. Move your computer to a public place. You've got to be proactive, and you've got to be intentional if you're going to, quote, keep your way far from her. Three, memorize and meditate on God's word. Proverbs 6, 20, 23, my son, observe the commandment of your father. Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they'll talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is light and reproof for discipline and the way of life. Binding around your neck, you know, tying the phylacteries and stuff around your forehead and tying them on your wrist. Listen, that doesn't do your heart any good. But you memorize it. Hide thy word in your heart that you might not sin against me. You hide it in your heart and you think about it. And it's always with you. It's always there. When you uh, walk, it's there with you. When you uh, sleep, it's there with you. Because you'll find just going to sleep can be a battle or just waking up. Those are tough times. Or you wake up in the middle of the night. You know, you're sort of in that sleep fog and you're not quite registering. And it's almost like uh, you, you, your spiritual warriors, they haven't awakened yet. And, but sin's awake. And I mean, lust can just sort of descend on you like a cloud or fear or anxiety. If you've memorized the word of God, it speaks to you. It speaks to you. At night, it helps you with your dreams. Meditation and memorization makes the wisdom of God continually and readily available to guide us through the day, to watch over us in our dreams, to talk to us when we first wake up in the morning. Four, we need to address our heart's desires. Proverbs 6.25, do not desire her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelids. We need to be hard on ourselves. We really do. And not let our minds off the leash to go wandering about like some undisciplined dog and loose in the neighborhood. We need to discipline our minds for the purpose of godliness. Now, if you've been exposed or have exposed yourself to pornography, this is going to be more of a battle for you. Because you have those mental video clips stored away in your brain. And Satan or your own heart is only too happy to pull that stuff out of the archives. And oftentimes, when you're down, you're depressed, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're anxious, um, all those things are just times when it seems our mind says, ah, I deserve a little break. Ching, and you check out a video. Or it just starts popping into your head. There are times I remember things 
from 50, 60 years ago. Maybe I haven't thought about it in 20, 30 years. And I, I'm under pressure or something, and it's almost like, like a toothpaste tube. You know, you put pressure on it, stuff starts coming out. Well, at least you control what's in a toothpaste tube. Uh, if, if you were saved later in life or you uh, were undisciplined, expose yourself to stuff, Satan and your own heart has a whole catalog of stuff. And you've got to battle that. And that's why meditating or memorizing and meditating on the Word of God is so important. My, my colleague in Chicago when I was counseling there, uh, this guy, he would counsel 30, 35 hours a week plus run the center. I don't know how he did it. But he had thousands and thousands of hours. And he counseled many, many people with sexual struggles, men and women. And he made this comment. He said, I've never had someone who memorized large portions of Scripture that did not have victory. What a powerful statement. If, if, if you've got that stuff crammed in your head, you've got to displace it. You've got to fill your mind with the truth, the Word of God, so that you've got other things to think about. And when you're under pressure, it's the Word of God speaking to you, like that passage we just read earlier talked about. It. It's speaking to you. Not this trash that uh, you're repented of and you're trying to move beyond. You have to learn to discipline your eyes. Proverbs 27, 20. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. If you don't stop the flow of stimulating information and material into your mind, you're never going to win the battle. I think it was Steve Gallagher that said, uh, the way you get rid of a, starving, or a, a mad dog, you don't feed it. You starve it to death. And I know that sounds rough in today's animal rights world, but that's the truth. true. You got to starve that stuff out of you. And you got to memorize the Word of God and learn it. Because that, well, just one more time, then I'll be satisfied. That's a lie straight out of the pit. It's not going to happen. Proverbs 30, 15 describes greed and lust as a leech with two daughters. And you know the names of the two daughters? The leech has two daughters. Give, give. That's lust. In our language, we'd understand it more if we say, I want, I want. Give me more. There are three things that will not be satisfied, four that will say not enough. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. You've got to discipline the eye gate. Six, know the enemy and don't underestimate him. As I was preparing <clears throat> for today, I was just struck as I read Proverbs 7, 10 to 23, and the nature and the activity of the adulterer. And I realized that it's not talking, or, well, it's, it's not talking specifically about pornography. The parallels are there. The, the same uh, goals. Pornography is simply a two-dimensional representation of, of the adulterer with the same goal of luring and destroying the naive. So I want to close by reading through that passage and making very brief commentary as I go. I want you to see some parallels. 
And what I quote is the scripture, and then I'll make the comments. 10, and behold, a woman comes to meet him dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. Pornography, listen, it's a quality production. It's, it's four-colored glossy, or it's digital, digitally enhanced or whatever. It's done well. These guys aren't idiots. And it's seductively presented. There's a purpose behind it. It's designed, presented, and promoted well and intentionally. The harlot comes dressed and cunningly. Eleven, she is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. Pornography is brazen and it can be intimidating. You can feel like you got caught in a tsunami and it just washes over you. Twelve, she is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. The word lurks there means to lie in wait, to ambush. Pornography is persuasive. It's persuasive. It's designed to be that. And it's positioned to catch you off guard. As I mentioned, you might be innocently doing a search on your computer. And all of a sudden, bang! And you say, where'd that come from? It's designed that way. I know a young man who kept getting this stuff popping up on his computer. So he thought... I wonder what this is all about. So we dialed the number, called the number, mistake. He tried for 20 minutes to get off that site, and it just bounced him all over the world. Then his parents got a bill for 200, a phone bill for $270 for one call. Listen, it's designed to get you. It's designed that way. It lurks. It seeks to catch you off guard. Sometimes it's just the way it's presented. 13, so she seizes him and kisses him and with a brazen face says to him, 14, I was due to offer peace offerings today. Or peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. It's aggressive. Pornography is aggressive. And it oftentimes comes cloaked cloaking itself in a pretense of respectability. It's well done. It's not sloppy. Even comes dressed in spirituality sometimes. Fifteen, therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I found you. Right. Flattery. Come on, guys. Which one of us doesn't like some cute girl say, man, I've been looking for you. Oh, thankfully, I found you. And your heart, <laughs> ego's going out of, the, out of the top of your head. Or gals, it can happen the same way to you. Pornography is flattering. It's flattering. Six, I have spread my couch with coverings and colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Pornography is alluring and presented with a sense of respectability. 18. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. It entices and it redefines love or lust 
in an acceptable, as an acceptable emotion. Just like when I'm counseling adultery case and the one says, oh, we're in love. I said, no, you're not. We are, we realize. I said, no, you're not. What do you mean? I said, you're lusting for one another. By definition, you can't be loving this woman because she's not your wife. That's not love. By definition, it's not. So, and pornography seeks to redefine lust as acceptable. 19, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He's taken a bag of money with him. At full moon, he'll come home. What's, what's she saying there? We're secure. Don't have to worry about getting caught. Doesn't pornography do that? Hey, you can look at this on your phone in your own room. You can even shut the door. You can look at it on your own computer and you won't get caught. There's no one else around. There's no one else can see your phone. Or you can click it off real quick if someone walks in the room. That sense of security. 21. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Pornography is persistent and cunning. It really irritates me. On, I mean, I, I enjoy Fox News. Well, on my app, I run down, you know, you see the big stories and you run down. I don't, you know the ones that run out across? I don't even look at those anymore. Too much garbage out there because it gets worse the farther you go. But even going down to legitimate stories, you see these ads that used to be considered pornography. And now they're, boom, right there, staring you in the face. And it, it, it's presented, it's persistent, and it's cunning. They pop it in when you don't expect it. 22 and 23, suddenly he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare. She does not know, he does not, so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Pornography is deceitful and it is deadly. It deceives you and it'll kill your soul and it'll kill your marriage. Wisdom, God's protection from and safeguard against pornography. And that leads us directly to the need for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, who is called in 1 Corinthians 1, the wisdom of God. And might you not only have salvation in him, but might you also find him in him, quote, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. May God bless you. May God strengthen you. And if this is a battle and Satan's got his hooks in you, might you seek wise and godly counsel and get free from this. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, O God, for your word that is so practical. Help us, O Lord, to hear and understand. Help us, Lord, to apply it. I pray for the young people here and the older folks, older ones of us that are here. Father, this is always out there. It's always coming at us. It's always in our face in our culture today. Help us, O God, to stand pure and to stand strong, and to be a testimony and a help to others who are caught in this.
We thank you, O Lord, for the strength you give us by your spirit. We thank you for prayer when we can come to you. We thank you for your word to direct us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.